and welcome to episode number 241 of the Apple Podcast. I am your host, Simon Head. Two episodes in a week. This is a rare occurrence, and uh, and you're welcome. Today's episode, I'd like to thank everybody for shopping on Amazon, supporting the show on Amazon. You can do this by going to applelog.ca slash Amazon or applelog.ca slash US Amazon. You can do it the old-fashioned way, too, by going to applelog.ca. Click on those banners located on the right side. Pick your country, and every time you shop on Amazon, use those links. You will shop and support the show, and it costs you no extra money. Like think the people that help me out on Patreon. You can become a patron by going to patreon.com slash Apolog. You can pledge as much or as little as you want on a monthly basis to help with hosting and gas fees, and you can cancel at any time. Go buy a t-shirt at applelog.ca slash shop. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes. Give it five stars, please. Bye. Bye. Stars, please. Like the show on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash pod and follow me on Twitter at SimonHead666. Today on the show, I have Mr. Tino Valpa, who's the owner of Pine Hill Records. And Tino's done something kind of neat. He actually got together with legendary Saul Yeggett, who is a legendary clarinetist, and, is, and he's played with, he played every day for his whole life until he passed away and he passed away on the day that the record came back from press that's unfortunate but we talk a little bit about this on the show with tino tino is just a good soul good-hearted person and i think this is exactly what the show is in line with going to be playing with song in a second from the new album that is coming or i think it just came out uh you can get it on pine hill records it's a swing punk rock record with legendary Saul yeager on the clarinet and it's uh it's cool so here it is it's called taking a swing
And that is taken a swing by the Tino Valpa Orchestra featuring Saul Yeget on clarinet, his final record of many. And go get that record on Pine Hill Records, okay? Because it's, uh, it's a cool record. It's nice. It's sweet. It's swingy. It's, um, and it's punk rock. And you know, there's nothing more punk rock than putting out records of stuff you want to do. And we, we did talk about this on, on the show. And uh, it's a phoner. It's a phoner. Usually I don't do phoners, but this is one of, one of those ones where Tina was driving back from the studio. He was in his car and he was had the time to talk. And that's when we did. We had a great, actually, it was a really fun conversation. It was really nice to meet a nice person in this business who puts our records. And here he is, Mr. Tino Valpa on the Apple Lock Podcast. That was, that was part of the reason I needed to uh, reschedule because I knew I wasn't going to be able to get back to my computer at home for 10 or even 10.30. Oh, uh, that's cool. <laughs> where, where are you? What are you doing right now? I'm, on, uh, I'm just on the way back from the studio. Um, and, uh, you know, be home shortly, but, uh, yeah, little, little drive left. Yeah. Yeah. So are you based in New Hampshire? Yes. Whereabouts? I've been there in a very long time in that area. Uh, Dover. It's like Southwest, uh, Southeast. Uh, okay, cool, cool. Um, so yeah. you, you've been running, like, you've been running the record label for a while? Yeah, uh, I mean, this label, uh, six years, but, um, I had a, I had another label before, it was much shittier, but it was, you know, I I did one from when I was 16 to my early 20s, and then I kind of stopped for a little bit and then did this. Yeah. Um. I always, uh, I always yeah. have, I have a great respect for people that put out records because I know how much money people lose doing it. Uh, I'm glad you understand. Yeah, I, it's, I, it, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I love to, I love to do it, and then I, I hate myself for doing it. <laughs> but it, it's, uh, you know, it's something you can't really win at anymore. Well, there's been a bit of resurgence with vinyl and whatnot. So, I mean, <clears throat> there it, there is hope, but you know, yeah. the it's so tough just at an independent level just to sort of break even. Um, let alone even being a major label, they they lose lots of money too. And and it's tough to sort of gain your, I guess, your audience or find out where people, what people like, especially people that because you like to put out music you like. So therefore people are like you and need to buy records. So there's that audience is out there somewhere. Right. Right. That's the biggest trouble is, is making that connection because they might, they might not be where your, uh, your ads are targeting or where you go on tour or, or, or et cetera. I mean, you might, there might be somebody just like you with your taste that, for whatever reason is kind of off the radar and reaching people like that is a big struggle. And that's why another thing that makes it so difficult. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But there is rewards along the way, I guess, knowing that music is being sort of documented and putting down and being put somewhere. So for later it can be, you know, re reintroduced or re, um, what am I trying to say? Uh, uh, rediscovered 
and and sort of kind of like what you're doing with this this project you worked on now, right? Right, right, exactly, and that's that's the uh, that's the you know eternally good thing of anything you might put out um, is that it, it at least exists, <laughs> um, and it, it at least exists theoretically forever, theoretically. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's uh, it's, you know that's a rewarding thing about anything you might work on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So explain explain what's going on right now because you you are releasing a record and it's and it's it's is it outside of what because I haven't heard the song. I'm sorry, but is it outside of what you normally do? I would imagine, right? It certainly is. <laughs> uh, I come I come from the punk and hardcore scene. Um, I uh, that's most of my involvement. I, I mean, I, I listen to much more than that. Um, but it, it, uh, much, much more than that. But in terms of, uh, my playing and what I've been involved in and what I do and what I, I, you know, artistically, uh, it's been in that, um, in the bracket of punk rock, you know, uh, um, but this is different. Um, it's, uh, definitely the first jazz swing, oriented anything that I've ever done. I mean, you can, you can definitely tell that there's a, you know, a, a punk rocker behind it, but it's, uh, it's definitely a, something that I, I would have not seen myself doing. Um, especially with Saul. I mean, it's, I mean, like what, when does someone in their twenties make a record with someone in their nineties? <laughs> it's, it's like, it's a it's fundamentally and on paper it's ridiculous completely but um it's cool i'm just i i I like it i'm happy with how it came out i i you know regardless of whatever came of 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 it i mean it's still just something i'm happy to have done and uh and, and and have put together Mm-hmm. Um, but 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 yes, to answer to answer your question, yes, it's very outside the bracket of what I normally do. That's, that's a guarantee. Which is which is pretty punk in onto its own because um, there was a time in my life that listening to things like Herb Alpert and the Teal on a Brass, were, there's nothing more punk because people hated it. So that made me like it more. And that's you know what I mean. Like it's it's not just the, the the type of music and the and how aggressive it is. It's how much it pisses other people off. And that to me is uh, I can appreciate in in uh, going completely outside of your comfort zone to kind of not just piss people off, but to open their ears to say, oh, here's something that um, you would never never really listen to, but get it for its intended purpose because it's coming from punk, and it probably is more punk ethic based on where it came from than, you know, your average punk rock band. Right. Right. And that, and that pretty much summarizes the, you know, a, a great point of, of doing the record is that, you know, when I, when I was given his music when I was younger and heard other bands like him and all that, other swing bands, it's, I'm hearing and I'm hearing and I'm seeing the same type of 
the same type of music and and the same dynamic and the same you know the the same mentality from that you know that's their version of of what we're doing. You can hear where it comes from. So the a good a good point of that record is to kind of connect those dots and and, and uh, you know make open someone's eyes that maybe listens to just punk rock or, or or is used to that and maybe to have them look back and kind of see where it comes from and just like the the very very 30s and 40s and 20s roots of, of what we're doing now because it's, it's really it really is uh, there's something to be said about it and, and, and it's something that very very few people talk about or even recognize I mean mm-hmm. really like I mean who the hell is talking about that these days like nobody right because back I mean like f- 70 years ago um, the industry was like <laughs> it's it was it was totally in its infancy so there wasn't really there was uh, shysters out there and there was people out there trying to like take advantage and exploit music and they were getting away with it way easier than people can today you know and and to be right. you know you, you would sign away all your publishing and get no no money and people put your record out and then other people cover it and you get no money and that is like the the dark you know the past of where the industry sort of came from and it got way dirtier in the 70s but in the 80s but back in the 20s and 30s it was like literally brand new and people didn't know it was like pirate days i bet right (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah exactly exactly it it was it it, in the grand in in the grand scheme of time it it it, you know it, it it pretty much came and went within a hundred years, um, in terms of, in terms of it as pretty much entirely as a business. Um, and it's pretty, pretty fascinating to see that, um, people, people getting, you know, the, the, the short end of the stick then because they signed away their, their publishing rights or, or now because, it's not worth anything anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it, we we do have a fr- a broken system, but it's it's always kind of yeah. be broken. It's always kind of always been broken. I, I don't remember a time from my sort of life uh, in my early twenties and the early nineties of anything ever being like on our side. It's always like the advantage was always from larger labels, larger recording studios, everything. If you had a bigger monopoly you had a bigger um, grasp on the takings so independent labels fanzines um, independent punk rock promoters they always got fucked (laughs) and and right and and also there was bad people out there in that in that space and it was really tough to navigate who the good people were because you were always expecting that there'd be bad people out there wanting to exploit you let alone being the dark past in histories of the 80s and the the you know the 70s before it that you know is even worse you know but there there is you know there is hope you know i, I think and and there is light that people have good intentions and they want to put out good records and they want people to listen to the records and and you know like it comes it's coming kind of full circle right now because you're doing it you're doing something that punk rock people don't do and that there's nothing more punk rock than what you're doing. 
but I appreciate you saying that. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, uh, I just, just do it because it feels right. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 uh, it, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it's, yeah, I mean, you know, I, uh, it, it's hard to summarize and, but it's, uh, yeah, that's, that's why I do it. Yeah. I mean, draw the line between, Hey, this could break even or make me money. And I really like this. I'm gonna lose money, but still imp- enjoy doing this. Like it, there has to be a line there where you have to sort of say pass or I'm going to do it. Like, how, can you, right. like, how do you, how do you determine whether or not you're going to put a band's, you know, music out? Is well, it- that's, that's a good question. Um, so when I, when I, when I started doing it, um, I was, I was, you know, I was just kind of doing, uh, you know, my own stuff plus, um, some friends bands and whatnot. Um, but now, um, with many tens of thousand dollars lost later, um, it, it forces me to be, yeah, I have no choice but to be more picky. Um, and at this point, um, I now, you know, uh, I'm doing things that it's, it's tough because there, there are, there is, there is some stuff that I like so much that I just do it regardless of consequence. Mm. Um, but I'm, I'm, I, most of those releases I've now already put out. Um, so a lot of that is behind me, but there's still a decent amount of that ahead of me. Uh, but um, I've definitely, to a degree, you know, I guess for, for lack of a better term, just smartened up and, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to do things that meet both criteria are something that I, I love and really want to put out, but something that also, you know, has a decent fan base or, you know, uh, that, that where copies would actually move and they would generate some interest, um, because there's just nothing worse than, um, the releases that just sit and have very little interest. Um, it doesn't really do anybody any good besides the fact that it's, you know, it's out physically and it's, you know, that's always, that's always a good feeling no matter what, but you know, I like to, I like something to become of things. And, uh, so that's kind of how I decide now It's just, okay. Yeah. I may love this, but does this band, does this band have a following? Is this band on tour? Is this, you know, so, so I, I tend to, I tend to try to, um, lean towards bands that either are, you know, already have a following or are like a classic band that, that have had a following for many decades. You know, I try mm-hmm. to do more of that stuff um, just so things stay afloat um, with less pain. <laughs> <laughs> and it's tough to de- develop something, you know, like you find a, an 18 year old band that are like really good and have like, you know, great songs. <clears throat> But everybody knows that 18-year-olds to 25-year-olds are all insane people. You know, it's after 25 and people start actually kind of getting their shit together, you know, and, and sort of really, I'm going to put into society rather than keep taking, right. you know. And so, unfortunately, some of the nicest, co- coolest, unharnessed um, um, talent is in that age, that age group because they'll break up or they'll get in a fight or it'll be over something stupid. And then here you are, the label, going... 
oh crap um <laughs> i just made a whole bunch of records for you guys and now you broke up and there's nothing and i mean this, this is this is a classic story i mean this must have happened to you at least once oh it, it absolutely has um fortunately just through you know through 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 doing so many tours and knowing so many people and, and, and losing so many bandmates through, through living through those age brackets, I kind of foresaw some of that. Yeah. So I, I, I was able to avoid doing some of that, but, but yes, I totally, um, you know, there's a, there's a release or two early on where exactly what you're saying happened. And, um, you know, I ended up with a bunch of copies and, um, I literally have like, I, I literally have ended up like shooting them with like my handgun as like, <laughs> targets and stuff like that because, because like, I'm like, okay, I'm like, I'm like, I've checked in with all the members. They all have ample copies and don't want any more. Like <laughs> I have done all the trading I can. I have gotten them out through it. I have through whatever distribution I can. I was like, what am I going to do with this stuff? I'm, you know, like, so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it makes you feel better. You just shoot it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I, I you know, as, as time goes on, I, I generally, um, I generally do things. You know, I try to do things smarter. If it's, um, if if it's if it's something, if it's something that you know, I'm not anticipating a huge demand for. I mean, I literally will not press more than a hundred copies. Um, because it, it, uh, it just, that's just what warrants it. And then if it's, if it's something that's, that is in demand that act, that is, you know, like a classic artist or like whatnot, like, you know, then I'll get in like the, the 500 bracket or something like that, but very rarely over that because that's just where we're at in 2019. Yeah. Do you still make CDs? Yeah, we, I, I do, I do CDs as well. Only. Only and only if it's a full-length album for an artist that is still very currently and actively on tour. Mm-hmm. That is that is the only time I do CDs because that's where people buy CDs. I mean, yeah. you know, don't get me wrong. I do I do get some orders for them, but I mean, they they sell they sell so much more frequently uh, in a tour setting than they do. Um, on, like with online sales, it's like, uh, yeah. <clears throat> it's just so much more common. So I will in that, in that regard, but, uh, you know, other than that, it's generally vinyl only. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I bought a CD. I do know someone sent one in the mail to me, which I get that's so old school. And, uh, and someone mailed me a CD to listen to. And I found that so rare. I mean, yeah. though, you know, they need, they, they need that. They need that digital playlist available ASAP and they just, you know, it's, it's, it's just so different and it, it, uh, it's, it's, it's weird. And I, I, yeah, I don't think, I don't know there, if, 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 if things were going to go back to, to making sense and having more of a business model, I think the people that are the bigger players would have to be the ones that are waging the war because no one's going to give a damn what I say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, uh, you know, which is, which is a poor attitude to have, but I mean, I don't have enough money and enough power to, to, to do something <laughs> like yeah. that. And, and, 
you know, to repair. And the, 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 you know, as I said, the consumer doesn't care. They, they just, it's just, it's, it's easy. It's quick. They don't even have to, they don't even have to worry about having a music collection anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I hate it. I, I, I absolutely, I, I hate every bit of that. And it's not even like, it's not even just being, you know, um, used to my, you know, the way I grew up or used to my generation, but I feel like, you know, when you, it's funny that you, as we, you know, I, I've gotten home and I'm unwrapping a package that came in as we're having this conversation, I'm unwrapping a couple LPs that I ordered from a band I like right now. And I'm <laughs> seeing this and, and this is exact. this is exactly what I'm talking about. This is, I'm, I'm, I have it. The artwork is big. It's in my hands. There's a lyric sheet. There's a nice colored, couple colored vinyls I ordered and, and, and it's, it's, uh, it's just the connection with this is so much deeper and greater than if this was solely just some shitty files from online, no album artwork and no yeah. nothing. And it's just like, you know, of course the audio is there and that's, that's, you know, essentially what you're listening to is music, but like in terms of like, how like the mental picture that I get when I listen to this and how I feel about this and how I'm artistically and sonically intercepting this album is, is affected. And and I, because I have this, I, I don't know, it's going to, there's just a, a slightly different way that I look at it and I feel about it. And like I, I people like, especially the kids today, they, they don't even know what, they don't even know that feeling. They don't even know. Yeah. They just think it's just like, it's like anything else. It's just like, it's just like, yeah, that's there. Okay. It's like, you know, I don't know. It's just like anything else online. It's like, uh, okay, whatever. Yeah. Music. I guess that's all right. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're, it's true. It's true. But you know, there is people like you, there's a lot of people like you and a lot of people like you say the same things that you say because it's true. And, and, you know, and I, I, I agree with you that there is a sort of a, there's some sort of um, great ritual of like putting a record on and listening to the record and enjoying it. And um, you know, and my, well, all I've said, I've said this once before, but my, my only counter to that is like music, music, you, you take in music and you enjoy it in your surroundings. So if you're in your, if you're behind a really nice sound system and you have your record on, you're listening to it in your, in your, um, in your living room, that's great, but somehow when I put my iPod on my ears and I'm walking through the woods, music feels different there too. So I mean, there is yeah. sort of there is something to be said about having a digital uh, connection to music, but at the same time, there should be the the understanding that there's a, a ritual involved. So the ritual is different; it's somewhat displaced as being well, I'm in the woods listening with my earbuds in. But it's still a ritual, you know what I mean? It's understanding that ritual, I think, is more important than the fact of, like, what the actual ritual is, I think. I don't know. Right. You've been talking to my ass. Right. <laughs> no, 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 it, may, it makes sense. It makes sense. I, and I, I agree with that, too. I mean, I, I, I still, I mean, even, even this is outdated now, but I still rock an iPod classic. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, uh, I use it. That's my main, that's, you know, that's what I listen to most of my music on. And um, I think it's, it's excellent. I mean, you can have your whole collection in your pocket. I can bring it in the car. Yeah. I can bring it on tour. I can bring it. I mean, why would like this? That's like, that's such a great invention. And that's something that should, 
is 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 a wonderful thing because it gets people listening to more music more frequently in more places mm-hmm. but like the, the the whole disconnect is it shouldn't totally replace buying actual music it just it, like it should it should go it should go hand in hand you get you buy the vinyl you punch in the download code you throw it on your 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 ipod or your phone or whatever or yeah. You know, it's on Spotify. If you use, I don't use Spotify, but everyone else does. And like, they don't. You know, that. You know, you you still buy the you buy the vinyl or the CD for what you like, and you you see what it's all about. You read, you know, you read what's in there, and they're, you know they're missing. You know, you don't miss the the whole experience of it just because you have the files on your phone. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think what you're explaining is like sim- similar to like eating clean or something like farm farm sourced food. You know what I mean? There's a lot of uh, metaphors there. You know what I mean? Where I'm, 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 I'm keeping it close to me. I'm, I'm putting stuff in my body that's sort of like maintained and close to me, and that stuff that I know. It's the same thing with music. You know, I'm getting it from a source that I can trust. Uh, it's coming to me from mm-hmm. labels of people that think like me, and I'm putting it on a turntable. But you know, at the same time, I can be driving down the road and listen to my iPod or listen to my car. You know, and. It's it's you know it's it's funny how a lot of people on this show they talk about like the old days. It's the old days we had radio and we had you know what I mean we had we had vinyl and that's all we had. Right. And, but right. I, I truly think that you do need to embrace what's happening because you have to have a better understanding of what's coming to you because then you can sort of see how it relates to you because it's really easy to look back. It's really, really easy to go look in the past and go, you know, like and have the kids get off my lawn moment sort of things. Like, get up, you know, it was so much cooler back in the day. But back in the day is that's a tough thing to say to young people because it's they don't get that. You know what I mean? And you know, I'm right. turning fifty next year, and it's like I've been playing punk rock music my whole life, and it's tough to sort of go, you know, back in the old days because. I really need to look forward. That's what I because my point is I need to look forward to sort of what's happening so I can sort of say how it affects me because I know a lot about the past, but I really know nothing about the future. Right. And and it's so it's good to understand where you came from is where you're going as well, right? Absolutely. I totally. It it um it's 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 that's it's more important than anything to to kind of, you know, understand and, and, uh, you know, embrace what's going on now. I mean, there's, there's so many positives coming from it. I mean, it is, it is, it is the the best time to, you know, where you can directly put out your own music and, 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 and get it out there and, and, and do all your own advertising and what on and so forth. And, and you can, you can listen to, you have so much access to so much, Music. I mean, it's it's a, it really is a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I, uh, it's just, it's just, uh, you know, it, the, 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 the tangible piece <laughs> should, you know, it, it should still exist to, to, you know, it, it, it just, it just sucks to see people and not, this isn't just like, this is definitely not just like younger kids. This is, this is like, I'm talking like, like, like peers of mine and like mm-hmm. people that are older than me, people like they, like even them with no music collections, like just like I, I've literally, I've literally had bandmates before that are like, yeah, that's just clutter at this point. It's like, dude, it's, it's not clutter. This is like what we do. Like, this is like, like, yeah. like what, this is like what some, someone, this is like something you love. And like, you, you don't even like, 
they want a copy of it. Like you're crazy. Like, you're, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, you know, it, it's, it's so, it's so weird. Like I, it's, it's like the, the, it's, you can really get a lot out of a phone and it's really amazing and it really does everything, but damn, man, it's like really got to replace like literally everything. I mean, what are we going to wash our hands with a phone soon? You know, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. Well, they say in a hundred years, our necks are going to be longer and more curved because we'll be too busy looking at our phones uh, to sort of oh like, cause our necks will grow because we'll be looking down the whole time. And it's, um, you know, I went camping. I just got back from camping and, um, we did have with our kids like no electronics and but the last day it was funny how we all got our phones out just before we're about to get on this sort of boat to go across to the lake to the to the mainland because we're on an island for the three <laughs> days how fast we were like literally like on our phones going oh here oh cool this is you know what i mean like it's 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 very interesting yep. and and i think you know there needs to be quiet time when it comes to phone usage because as the screens get more intelligent I think we're getting dumber. I really do. I think, you know, I think the phone's telling us certain things to do and say and giving us false information that is so polarized now, especially with politics, that it's so easy to get, oh, in, yeah. you know, it's so easy to get the wrong information and, and sort of, there's no unbiased news really anymore. Like, I guess maybe BBC, maybe that's sort of unbiased, but you know you, yeah you know how do you how do you get news that comes from like a source that doesn't have any agenda where does it come from right <laughs> right i mean there's there's no such thing as that <laughs> no you know it, <laughs> um and yeah you're 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 100 correct i mean phones phones uh you know i i can't i can't directly blame any device for the actions of a person. But I can say that I, what I can say is people are definitely letting people are having no guard up in terms of letting their phone melt them. I mean, I, I mean, I have, I have a couple friends, especially people I know where like their phones just make them retarded. Like they just, they just like, they like my drummer, like he, like he's, he like, he like, like he he does it's it's so funny. He's just one example of people I know that like, um, what's up, Andy? If you're listening to this eventually, by the way. <laughs> uh, but uh, but um, you know, like for example, like there'll be times where like I'm talking to him, and like he will have no idea, like no idea, or or like we'll be about to like, you know, we'll we'll like the the other you know members and I will like we're, we're like picking a song to play or something. And like, he just won't hear us or I mean, have no idea. Or like, it, it's like, it's his own world. And it's like, he's not, it's not just him. It's like, I know tons of people like that, where it's just, it's literally just like, it, it really is just fucking a whole lot of things up, uh, socially, personally, uh, you name it. And it's, uh, you know, it, you, you, you can't blame the phone. You can't blame no. the heroin. You can't blame the, it's, it's the people that are, doing this to themselves but they're having they're, they're very weak and have no self-control so yeah 110 percent it's uh mm. it's it's uh it's not doing good for uh for you know for people here that's that's, that's for certain yeah yeah no for sure i mean you know i work in a, at a live theater I'm a, I'm a technical director at a theater and we do like you know 300 events a year kind of thing and 
And <clears throat> we're talking very seriously now about live streaming, about what we're going to do to to gain the advantage, you know, as, as to, so to say, like, so to speak, to say, where does live theater sit? And there's this fundamental discussion about what live theater is. And people say, well, you, they, they broadcast Hamilton uh, to movie theaters, and, and people watch the live streams of that sort of thing. And, and it's sort of, wow. it's, the th it's sort of live, but it's, it's, it's not live. So the discussion is, is like, well, are we as a society smart enough to realize what's really live and what's sort of <laughs> not live, you know? And I guess reality, reality TV would be the number one um, case to say that, no, we have no idea what live and not live is anymore. But like, there's this line being drawn in the sand about where to go with live music and where to go with, with a live venue. Um, maybe we could broadcast to a million people. Our, our theater has 630 seats. Maybe we could broadcast to a million people, and would that be better than 600 people being in the audience and enjoying it? And I, I don't know. Like, what do you think about that? Uh, it, I mean, uh, you know, if, if there's some sort of business model that you could find making sense to that, I mean, I, it might be worth trying, but I think, I think it's also on the flip side, you're totally treading dangerous waters because you're, you're then, you're then open, you're planting the seed to tell people, Hey, it's okay not to come as long as you stream this with our services or as long as you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and it kind of, opens the door to that, hey, you don't really have to be here. And it just ties into the ever-expanding, um, you know, ever-expanding, ever-growing uh, movement put on by people in charge where, you know, that people just don't leave their house. Yeah. The, the goal to immobilize everyone and not that that's what your <laughs> theater company is, has in mind, but, but like it, it feeds into that mentality. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's very anti-social. It's very, you know, it's very, yeah. uh, it's anti real life. And it's like, it, but not that, I mean, it, you know, if you guys, again, if you guys can come up with some sort of, sort of business idea that makes sense for that and where, where you can, you know, where you've, you've tested the waters and, mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, people are still physically coming out, but you're, you know, you're, you know, your, your past capacity and, but you can still fit on, you know, you can still <clears throat> find a way to make money off streaming extra. I mean, there, there needs to be rules. For you, you know, I don't, yeah, there needs to be rules. Yeah, it, it, it needs, people need to know, people need to know, like, Hey, this doesn't mean don't come out. Like when we have X amount of seats, like get out here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, but but my boss is saying something like, "Well, you know, we could just give the tickets away and have everybody in there and like do a lottery and put on, um, I don't know, the largest group on earth, Ed Sheeran, and we could, you know what I mean? We, you know, put on this huge show and stream it to millions right. of people rather than having the six hundred people and have the six hundred people that are there." truly enjoy it and i think that's because saturday night live does it every week you know what i mean they don't sell tickets to saturday night live they they give the tickets away like a lottery and then people get mm -hmm. to witness that part of it so it sort of raises and heightens that sort of like well not everybody gets to see saturday night live right so 
it's you know there's just such a a fine line between what's what's real and what's not real and and how do we navigate through it ethically and i think that's the ethically is that sort of the crucial word there because a lot of people can take advantage and they have that's why you have these websites when you click on it they're like why am i reading two words and clicking onto a new page well because they're making money for me to click on right. to the next page because I want to see if Brad Pitt is like, you know, what's going on with Brad Pitt, you know? And then it's like, there's a five page sort of thing. There's, there's an agenda there for someone to make money for the clicks. It's got nothing to do with the, what right. Brad Pitt's going through. So there's so, so ethically speaking, I think we can navigate through and, and, you know, I, I, you know, I have optimism. I, I think that there's, there's people out there who grew up in punk rock who are now in their fifties, who are our politicians and they will hopefully come about things with a little bit more of a clearer view about what people want. Because, you know, punk rock people grew up with other punk rock people that hated the man. And now punk rock people are becoming the man. So, <laughs> you know, it's, it's a... Right, right, right. And, and if, although even if they give away or let up like 50% of their ethics and, and the other ethics is, you know for the masses and the other 50% is sort of thrown away. At least that's sort of some sort of change in, in what our society will be going through in the next couple of years or whatever, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You're hundred percent correct. Um, it's, it's, it's really odd. Um, it's, you know, for, for me as a, <clears throat> I don't know, for lack of a better word, a human being. I mean, I, 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 I couldn't, I couldn't imagine something like something as a human being, as a, as a musician, as I don't know, somebody just that exists. Like, I don't, I, I don't really understand how someone could diminish themselves to the point of, <laughs> to the point of, uh, being content with 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 uh streaming something or watching a, a a performance on a screen solely instead of going out and seeing it it's just like like on a permanent like obviously like sure i'm sometime i'm sure it's yeah it's probably nice to watch something but like for that to be like your your go-to way to absorb that kind of entertainment for the rest of your life that's weird yeah <laughs> yeah yeah for yeah. sure it's uh it's uh it's weird i mean you know you can say the kind of you kind of say the same thing about sports um and something like that but you know i don't know people still go to that shit yeah <laughs> that's true you know and the one thing one thing that um sports has sort of figured out is that they have statistics and they know statistics and they're getting piped into their ear what those statistics are and you know for me to watch a baseball game I can't sit in a, I can't sit in a in a in an you know in a big venue and watch a baseball game because I do not know what's going on, but I can watch it on TV and some can say, oh here's so and so he's did pretty good and he shot you know he's you know he's batting this I'm like well that's great I think a thousand's great because when someone says you're batting a thousand that means they're you know so that there's some sort of like they're speaking to me in a way because you know and and right. if and if that right. happened in a live situation where 
maybe it was like a venue that held 20 people and it was the biggest band on earth like you too plays a, a dive bar or something you know what i mean like that would be something where yeah people would tune in and there's sort of that's ethically going through what you know how does this work out and you know because the place only holds 20 people or whatever so how do you how you know right. that's you know that is to me and, and look, what we're talking about is rules you're making rules and the rules are what you think how you can morally get through this type of thing you know and as a 40 49 year old person it's tough to go see shows you know i i don't have the fortitude i used to have you know like mm-hmm. you know i i i do it's funny as you get older you do get more sort of like you can have some sort of you have cash you know and you can go do stuff but then you're like yeah but it's so far away and you start making excuses like yeah you know i'd love to go see that band but you know it's an hour away and i'm tired and i gotta work tomorrow and stuff but yeah and as you know the 20 year old me be like yeah i'm going i'm gonna be there i don't care if i have to work you know and i don't know it's you do you know it's you know and then you know i i want i kind of want to close a little bit because i don't want to take too much of your time but the idea of like being older and still having younger roots is satisfying you know and you're 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 about what 20 you're just 28 or something right yeah i'm 29 yeah 29 so in a couple of years from now you'll start there's a teeter-totter motion of like where you know what i mean like there's the 28 year old in you in 10 years from now is not, is going to be completely but you'll be remembering the 20 year old in you you know you'll re- you'll you will be remembering that and that's sort of like how for me i don't know maybe i'm projecting but that's how that's how i sort of like go through life is like cuz i was 29 i was 21 once and i was on tour and i was in bands and it was awesome but I, could i do that at 49 no fucking way no way i can't <laughs> i can't too old too old i can't sleep on floors i can't stay up every night you know you know hanging out with buds and partying i can't do it anymore right but but you will you will get to that point and but it's knowing that line you've crossed you know what i mean to be able to sort of like now i can input into society a little bit maybe i don't know (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah no I, i feel that yeah so yeah. so tell me a little bit so the the record you're putting out is coming out it's like out tomorrow right comes out tomorrow yeah 23rd um uh, yeah um yeah comes out tomorrow um and and uh <clears throat> um what what should i what exactly about this should i be saying what's the what's the i don't know well it's know? just the, the 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 episode's coming out now next monday so um, I'd like to play a song because I got a link for it, but um, just let me know. You know, okay. like just say it's it's out and like how it's 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 out everywhere, right? Like on all the, the, the yeah, uh, yeah. It comes out comes out tomorrow, August twenty third, on CD, LP, and streaming services everywhere. Um, uh, taking a swing is going to be the second single to um, debut off that. Um, and, uh, yeah, record release show September 7th in Kittery, Maine. And, uh, yeah. And that thing will, that thing will be out. There's, uh, 200 LPs and 300 CDs. It's very, very small, very small pressing. Um, uh, you know, and yeah, it's pretty much, pretty much it. It'll be everywhere. Uh, you know, uh, it's a, 
eleven twenty PM now, so I'm sure about forty minutes it should be on uh should be on streaming services, which is good because I've 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 had had friends and people asking me where can I hear it and then they don't they don't you know they they have no other way besides doing that so uh yeah so uh 39 <laughs> minutes to go that'll, that'll be a thing yeah and you know i think what should be noted is that uh, that Saul didn't didn't he he just didn't make the the actual like after the record you had the actual record uh, he had passed away which is yeah crazy. He, you know he was <clears throat> 95 he, he uh yeah, he he was he he was, he was ninety five when we recorded this. We recorded this last year, and he made it to ninety six. Um, the last time I spoke with him was on his ninety sixth birthday, um, and uh, he was like amazingly um, like with it. I mean, for being as mm. you know as old as he was, I mean, he wasn't just some like slumped over dude that look like a wreck i mean he was like like he was going around manhattan at his age like every day um <laughs> like and he, he he even he even played a show still at 95 like someone somebody somebody called him for a same day gig and like he put his clarinet on his walker and like walked to the show and played. i mean who the hell does that <laughs> it's, it's, it's incredible so he yeah he um so we did this and um it took you know it took it took a long, a lot longer to record and mix and master this than I expected. I mean, this, if it was done and it was, it had the involvement of a typical rock record uh, and especially a punk rock record, you know, if it had, if it had as many parts as, as something like that, this thing might've been out when he was actually alive. Um, yeah. But he, um, you know, there's, there's a lot that goes into this. I mean, there's, you know, it's a swing record, you know, it's a jazz swing record. I mean, there's a full horn section. Um, there's piano, and um, there's a lot of th that goes into that. And I'm I'm from the punk scene. I'm from the hardcore scene. I don't right. I don't have I don't have these kinds of connects just sitting around. So like, it took it took me a good minute to um to find the right the people that were that were willing to uh to to uh you know do the horn section and this 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 awesome guy uh, Brian Campbell. Um, is who I got linked up with, and he uh, he arranged all the horn parts, got the whole section, taught everyone, you know, you know, scored out uh, charts and all this, and like all the shit that I would never be able to do. Yeah, and uh, and uh, put that all together, and um, and uh, we, you know, we, uh, eventually the record was uh, piece by piece finished. I mean, I laid down those rhythm tracks. Um, and Saul recorded his tracks, you know, quite some time ago, like well, well over a year ago, maybe almost a year and a half ago. Mm -hmm. um, so it, it was, it, it took, it took through the rest of the year, through the winter to get the horns sections, you know, um, mixed, mastered or recorded, first of all, and then uh, the mixing, mastering, it, you know, it took some time. It, it definitely took a lot longer than I thought, which is fine because I mean, you can't, can't rush, you know, can't, can't rush things. You're trying to do a yeah. good job. Um, so, and, uh, but you know, it, it, yeah. And I, ironically and sadly, like the, uh, I, I found out he died and it, the, 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 uh, the CD version came in the mail, like literally the day after I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, it was, yeah, it was a weird, uh, it was a weird circumstance. I would have loved to him for him to have heard it 
um, you know, in its, in its final form. I mean, obviously like he listened, I had all the rhythm tracks, you know, guitar, bass, drums, yeah. uh, recorded when he did his clarinet part and he you know so he heard the music and he was like you sound like gene krupa i'm like <laughs> i'm like thank you i'm like thank you uh yeah for someone someone like him that's a, a major compliment but uh he uh he um you know it, it would have been nice it, it would have been I, I i wish that i knew him you know i i met him when he was younger and because he, he was you know he would always say that to me too he's like i wish that like you had met me earlier in my life. He's like, you would have been, you know, he's like, we would have done tours together. We would have done all this stuff. I'm like, damn, you know, it it, it would have been so cool. Um, but you know, at least, at least it, it, it got done. At least it was something that he got to do. And at least he's, you know, at least, at least that, uh, you know, at 96 late (laughs) years of age, he's, he's putting out a damn record. I mean, yeah, totally. Pretty crazy. Pretty yeah. crazy, and it's a, it speaks a <laughs> lot of power to to what music actually is, and how how it can yeah. bring a jazz musician and a punk rocker together, and have a common ground. Um, that alone is enough to say, oh, okay, it's more powerful than the notes that are played. Totally, it it really is. I mean, it it um, it, it's. I mean, there's really. There, there's, you know, I can't really think of anything else that would that would bring people together like that. Um, not, not, not in the, you know, not in a the the same fashion. I mean, it, you know, I I can't see anything outside of art doing that, and 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 music being, you know, one of the best examples of that. Um, it, uh, yeah, it was it was just so cool to do. I mean, we both he, he, he reminded me so much of like myself and like, just he all in like other people that I've met that are really just, just, just love to do it. And, yeah. and he, he was, he was, he was just very genuine. And, um, you know, you could tell it was his lifelong passion. It's literally what he did. Every played every single night for a living Crazy. For his entire life. Insane. Um, so, so, <laughs> So it was it was cool to 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 do that and come together and it was it was really and it was three of us that came together too. It was mm-hmm. Saul Saul Yeager and myself and, and Harry Shepard, which is his vibraphone player, um, who um who's also ninety years old. That guy's still alive and playing as well. Um, um so you know, to bring us together three together is is was just like what? Like it's 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 hard it's hard to get your head around and that's kind of a, a challenge kind of promoting this and getting the word about out about this it's like what this is this is a what like, <laughs> it, it, like you know it's really hard to understand because it's so far out i mean you don't like who like i would i don't i don't blame you know people for not really understanding what the hell this is you know yeah <laughs> no but it, you know but i think the, the message is it's it, there's a there is a message of just delivering it and understanding the ethic of it and sort of where its foundation was as opposed to um, what the agenda is, you know, because the agenda is just, it, the agenda is just there. Like it's, there's no hidden agenda and, and you're, you know, to be able to put something out that you really want to put out, it's super powerful, you know, and that's, that's, you know, I commend you and uh, you know, it should be, it should be heard. Whether or not, you know what I mean? Because I always think it'd be kind of a picture in my head like these old crusty punks 
sitting in a shitty punk house, putting the record on, going, what the fuck? What? What? What is it? What? You know, because that's part. <laughs> it's like putting a, you know, how, uh, you know, it's like putting a, a thing on TV that's just always got a blurry picture or something. It's like something wrong with my TV. You're kind of, you are kind of, you know, telling, challenging people in a way to say, oh, this is, you have to understand there's a deeper message here. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, good comedy. Right. It's great. <laughs> right. Well, I appreciate you saying that. And, 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 uh, and, and realizing that, I mean, that's, that's one of the biggest things I strive for. It's like, you know, like we, we, we need to stop living in the shadows of our subgenres mm-hmm. because this is, there's, there's a much greater connection here musically than, than people realize. And, and, and not just, you know, not just talking in the, you know, not in the essence of just punk and swing or, or punk and, and, and you know big band jazz but like that there there is the people are you know the the more divided up things get you know speaking in terms of you know all the different subgenres of punk rock and all the different subgenres of rock and this and that like everybody's kind of kind of in their own corner and everybody thinks that every little small subgenre is like its own thing and that anything that isn't anything that isn't is outside of their little bubble is weird and it's just like this is a whole fuck you to that this is a this is a like look like music is music and so much of it connects and so much of it is from the same roots and like take it at face value and just appreciate it for what it is and you know it's it's not it's not really about it's it's about what it sounds like and it's about you know, it's, it's about what it sounds like and what its roots are. And, yeah. and it's not really about anything else. No, no image. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just kind of a, you know, cause, and, and it make, it makes, it makes sense. Like, like, you know, if I, mm-hmm. if I was, you know, if you had, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, a grime core artist and an R and B person doing something together that, that it's like, okay. <laughs> There's no, there's no hand in hand correlation here. Like they, these are understandably different, yeah. but this is like, no, this is, this is where this comes from directly. And it's like, you know, it's just a, it's just a little, you know, let's, let's open our mind a little bit and let's like look back and like, see, I mean, you can hear, I mean, you know, listen to my song with Saul. You're going to hear it. Listen to Saul's song from 1972 recorded live on it. You're going to hear him go. I mean, it's like, like it is, it is hand in hand. It is absolutely hand in hand, except, you know, the, you know, the, what became of it in my era is accompanied by a distorted guitar versus in his era, it's record. It's accompanied by a a horn section clean guitar. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> that's cool man well, no no i i definitely i'm gonna put it i'm gonna i think there is a song i can play uh i don't and i think because it's the we've we've missed that sort of uh, exclusive window of whatever the first song was but um definitely gonna play some songs on it if i can and uh and put the word out there and you know you know be you know just it's uh it's awesome. You know what I mean? It's really good. I just, cause my, you know, my grandfather, he died at 91, like 20 years ago now almost, but he loved, he loved jazz so much that it was like one of those situations that he hated the Beatles. I'm like, well, how can you, <laughs> how can you, how can you hate the Beatles? You know what I mean? Like he thought the Beatles and the Stones were the worst cause he was so into jazz and it took him up to like the age of 90, 91 before he went, you know what? 
Beatles are pretty good, you know. I mean, they were all right, you know. It took a long time, sort of bend his, um, <laughs> to bend his, per, you know, um, persuasions of music because he he loved he loved like post war era bebop jazz and things like that, and he wouldn't he mm-hmm. wouldn't dissuade anything from it. Like he thought everything else was crap, and I thought that was hilarious, you know. <laughs> Because it's like completely, utterly opposite to kind of my own views. Is that if it feels good, then fucking let your freak flag fly. I'm, I'm totally, <laughs> I'm all about it, you know. But uh, yeah, man, thanks. <laughs> I really appreciate you yeah, doing the show and putting that record out and, and doing records and and you know taking the time. Hey, no, no problem, man. I, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to uh, to do this. It was really cool to uh, zone in on that and. Um, and uh, yeah, really cool to talk about all this stuff and meet someone like-minded because it <laughs> doesn't happen that often. <laughs> cool, brother. Okay, well, um, let's keep in touch and thanks again, man. No problem. Thank you so much, man. Let me know when this comes out. I will, for sure. Bye. Mr. Tino Valpa of Pine Hill Records and as of the Tino Valpa Orchestra who put out a record with Saul Yeggett who's a very, very... Oh, you know, well-known clarinetist, clarinetist, clarinet player, clarinetist, clarinetist. That's the proper way to say it. And um, yeah, it's good that people are out there doing their good work. And uh, thanks, Tino, for doing the episode. Really enjoyed it. Really had a great having a conversation. I felt there was a bit of a kindred spirit there for sure. So, anyways, everybody, thanks for listening to this show. It's the second one this week, and um, very rare that two episodes come out in a week. I think the last one was probably three years ago, where I did one and then another. But, um, yeah, this had to come out, and it had to come out this week. It had to come out before next week. Don't know why, I just wanted to do it, okay? So, I don't need to explain stuff. It's just fun, right? Okay. Anyways, great. Guys, have a great week. I'll see you in a couple of days, because I'm going to be putting out one episode this Monday coming up. It'll be an awesome episode who's it gonna be oh it's gonna be uh, nick from the band direct hit oh great band great band okay everybody have a great week a couple of days we'll talk to you later bye